Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. It's Season 7, Episode 3, and if you're keeping track, that's 278 episodes. I'm Sean. I'm Cinch. I'm Craig. And I am Britt, and Sean nailed the opening. Congratulations. Thank you. Very proud of you. Hi, Deb. Okay, wow. Don't don't push it. Don't push it. You're a guest here. You're a guest here. So, how's everybody doing? We're here to talk about running backs this week, guys. Everybody's favorite topic. That's right. I mean, it's not as exciting as the tight end defense and kickers episode, but... Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's why we saved that one. There's (laughs) a reason we do that one later. I think this is the one where we probably have the most difference between people where they view running backs you know it's it's more than any uh, quarterbacks kind of all the same wide receivers i think there's some variation but i think running backs is where you get probably the most variation between um everybody sure let's go with that (laughs) but let's start let's start where we always start Let's start with our good friend, Cinch. Cinch, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a Wavelength by Equilibrium. See, I already forgot. That's like one of those words. I look at it and it's like, is it equal? Is it equal? I don't know. It's Equilibrium. The E is hard. I think you got it dead right. Have you tried it yet? Yeah, it's very good. Tastes like beer. There's no description. Doesn't say what's in it. It it tastes like beer. beer. Yeah. All right, Sean, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking two things tonight. Oh. Uh, the first one is Scorpion Bowl by Alvarium. It is a Thai-style sour ale. Interesting. I've, I've heard good things about this. I, 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 not being a sour person, I am not a fan, but I, I've heard good things. I mean, it's, it's brewed with pineapple, orange, lime, cherries... What else? I don't know. <laughs> you fruity bastard. I uh, mean, can we just have beer that tastes like beer? We, you well, have they, that. Well, I mean, I do, but <laughs> Sean's describing something. I don't even know what he's talking about. Yeah. And well, my second one's a tea beer, believe it or not. It's brewed with, it's, it's brewed with tea, no malt. Yeah, okay. I had one of them last year uh, from that place. Uh, where did I go on vacation? I brought you guys some. I don't know who got what, though. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I got excited. I knew the answer. It's a black cherry bourbon ale, a uh, barrel aged uh, tea beer. It's cut off. <laughs> and cut it's off. 9%. It's nine, wait, the tea beer is 9%? 9%. It's bourbon yeah. ale. It's bourbon you're, aged. You're drinking this at the same time? Or are you waiting? I'm, I'm going to have one and then the other, but I figure I wouldn't be able to describe got it. You. Ah, I got you. He's, got you, got you. he's alternating. Gotcha. Fair enough. So you have your own flight. Got it. Got it. Yeah. There you go. Every every two minutes in the podcast, a horn's going to go off, and Sean has to change the beer he's drinking. He has to swap cans. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be interesting. I, I don't think I, he'd I, have a problem with that. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to go there with that. But Craig, what are you drinking? Uh, so tonight I already poured it in a glass. I have a can uh, from Aspetuck Brew Lab. It is the Gray Matter uh, Grisette. Oh, ins- I hate that beer. Inspired Belgian <laughs> ale. I personally like it. Um, it's a far because it's a farmhouse and it's light, and it's um, sour. See, to me, it's not. But yeah, know. my my wife loves that beer because it's a farmhouse. It's just a little on the sour side. Gold That's her thing. won gold medal in twenty seventeen and eighteen. It is it is one of their more popular beers, and it is yes. one of their higher rated beers. Um, so yeah, I, I can understand that. It's just not. 
I, farmhouses it's not a, to me. It's not a Brit have, beer. It's not a Brit beer. Farmhouses to me have to taste like a beer. They have to. They have to meet the cinch test. And most of the modern grisettes don't do that. They're just a touch on the sour side. I don't like that. But I forgot to bring a glass, so I'll be drinking straight out of the bot the can tonight. Here we go. Let's see. Oh yeah. I stopped at a place that you guys are all very familiar with. Our good friends at Two Roads Brewing. Oh. Hashtag sponsor us. Um, and I picked up a can of Kentucky Lightning. Oh, isn't that like 12%? Um, <laughs> 8.5. Oh, all right. 8.5. And I have two other cans in the cooler, but at 8.5%, who knows if we'll get to them or not. But what we do need to get to is the running back rankings. But first, I have a burning hot take question inspired by Sean's question last week. Okay. Sean posed us with an interesting question about uh, naming quarterbacks that had a certain point threshold, right? Yeah. I'm taking a different direction, but I have in front of me some advanced statistics, courtesy of our friends at Fantasy Points, who are making these statistics available currently for free at their site, fantasypoints.com. I have in front of me, from 2022, this past season, the percentage of carries for a running back inside of the five-yard line. So think about it. If touchdowns matter to you, you want a guy that touches the ball a lot inside the five, right? Right. I know the answer. Okay. I have yes. the list. <laughs> the, answer, the answer is yes. Does anybody disagree with Cinch there? Because I, I, uh, I don't know about this. No. <laughs> I have the list percentage-wise of rushing attempts inside the five. Last season, there were four running backs that got at least... 80% of the touches inside of the five for their team if the team rushed. Can you tell me one of the four guys that was heavily used inside the five? Does anybody want to just ooh, jump in ooh, and guess ooh, one? Ooh, ooh, me. I'm going to go. All right, go Austin, for it. For... Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is incorrect. Austin oh, Eckler is not, sucks. not even in the top <laughs> 10. We're, that's oh, kind of shocking. One of your favorite running backs, Perrine. Okay, so hold on. Austin Eckler had 55% of the touches, so that, that I just found him. He was actually 19th on the list. Who Jack Craig? Perrine. Samaj Perrine is not on this list. Oh. See, uh, I told you this game sucks. Ready? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even see him. He's outside the top 20. Sean, what have you got? Damian Harris. No, Damian Harris is not on this list. Well, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Okay. All right, wait. Also I, not I inside the top 20. Uh, back to you so it's your turn go you got i've got this because last week was so bear oriented this has got to be chiefs oriented it's not is it it's not pachenko no oh this game that is um that is clever thinking craig is up um, you're you're trying to get three guesses by the way after three uh what's his name the guy the patriots guy stevenson ramondre ramondre is number 14 on this list he carried 60 percent of all touches Inside of the five. Sean, what do you got? Uh, Sean's well, scared. I got to go with the... Oh, my God. The uh, name. The pressure of a name. <laughs> Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is actually fifth on this list, just outside the top four. He <laughs> touched the ball 75% of all carries inside the five. So that's strike two cinch. You have one more guess. And if you guess right, it doesn't cost you a guess. Well, that's good. Uh, 
How about Pollard? And you strike out. Pollard is not in the top 20. Yeah, this game. <laughs> I, this is actually way harder than I thought it was going to be. Craig, what do you got? Last chance. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, let's go with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is 12th on this list at 60%. So Craig strikes out. Damn. Sean, you are the last hope for anyone getting one of these right. <laughs> All right. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is number three on this list. 85.7% of all carries inside the five for Las Vegas last year. He touched. Wow. That is absolutely correct. So, so you have another, you have another shot. Going. Yep. So my, my question here is, it, it, could it be split between two teams? Pick the name <laughs> off the list, son. <laughs> um, oh, we got to get this done so we can go record Ding Dong in the Mailman. Saquon. <laughs> Saquon Barkley is not in the top five. He's actually 20th at 53.6%. So now you got to be saying to yourself, who the hell could be on this list? Number four was Jamal Williams in Detroit. 84.6% of all carries inside the five went to him. Duh. Number three, make, as you heard. He had like 18 touchdowns, so yeah. Duh. Number three was Josh Jacobs, as we heard. Number two was Cam Akers. Mm. Cam Akers for the Rams handled 88.9% of the goal line carries last year. And this is the name I thought someone would get. This guy handled every carry inside the five last year for the Seattle Seahawks, Kenneth Walker, the rookie from Seattle. Never heard of him. <laughs> uh, it's Kenneth Walker, Texas Ranger. Kenneth Walker, Texas Ranger of Seattle, presented by Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> every time they handed off inside the five, it was him. Yeah, after, especially after Penny went down. He was the only name there. So, yeah. So now you ready for this? You ready for the, the side stat that's really kind of weird with this? So Kenny Walker got 100% of those touches. The stuff rate, which means the percentages of times he failed to result in a first down or touchdown on a carry of that type, 55%. So they gave him the ball every time, and half the time he got hit for a loss or no gain. Well, I don't know. Is that good? Is that bad? That's really high. Well, Jacobs was at 38%. Akers was at 43%. Jamal was at 41%. Actually, he's the only guy in the top 20 with a, a higher stuff rate of higher than 50%. I mean, if they gave it to him at the five or at the four, he could have gotten two yards, one yard, three yards, and not made it in. Um. He, okay, I'm sorry. To, to, to redefine stuff percentage, has to be less than three yards on any down. Okay. So he failed to gain three yards on first and goal from the five. Okay. So, all right. So that's that's our uh, that was a terrible game. I'll look forward to finding ones for wide receivers for us next week. I think that's the kind of thing that it, it could be really useful, but you could also get lost in it because you could find stats to True. make anything make sense. Oh sure, sure. Oh, Let me yeah. see. I'll find something. Here we go. Uh, I got again. I got it up here. Uh, let's see. Miss tackles forced per attempt. So oh, you see. know what? I know who was last in the league at that. I don't know how I know, but I know. Go Joe Mixon was last in the league. Uh, no, well, he wasn't, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. I heard it today. That he was last in the league and missed tackles per attempt? Yes. That's all right. I could be wrong. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I he, might be. Be, he, might be, he might be the lowest as in terms of, um, like, starters because – 
I'll just tell you right now, and here he is. I'm going to put this name out there, so you all have to go draft him now. The highest missed tackles forced per attempt was Demetric Felton of the Cleveland Browns because he had one carry and he made one guy miss. <laughs> huh. So there it is. So he's one for one, which is a perfect 100%. So, yeah, there you go. So when are we going to start recording the podcast? <laughs> we got 12 minutes ago. So, all right, let's move on to the rankings. We have so much to discuss here with the rankings. Um, so if, for those of you who were not here last week or only turn in for the running backs, what we do is we ask all four of the contributors to rank as many running backs as they wish. We then take that and average the ranking into what we call the composite score. The number one on our list last week was Patrick Mahomes, and he was a consensus number one. This week is not a consensus number one. One of our contributors had this guy at number three. Which one? Find out during the roundtables. <laughs> but our number one on the consensus is Christian McCaffrey. All, all but one of us had him at number one. Number two is Austin Eckler. We all had Austin Eckler at number two. That's going to be no drama when we talk about Austin Eckler. We all had him as number two. Number three, because we rank these guys a little wise, little wise back, is Saquon Barkley. Um, as we all know, we're going to talk about in a minute, Barkley is threatening to hold out. Number four is Derrick Henry. And number five is Bijan Robinson. Is it Bijan? Is it Bijan? I don't know. Bijan. Bijan. Like Dijon, like the mustard. Hmm. One of my coworkers the other day said to me, what's actually, what's Dijonese? And I went, Really? Dijon mustard and mayonnaise. It's in the name. It's Dijonese. Didn't say that to them, but I was just like, okay, that's a little weird. You said, oh my God, you're so stupid. Yeah, Jesus, what's wrong with that's you? What I, I said. I can't even talk to you anymore. I got to leave. No, it's a nice person. I thought they saw the name. I think they figured that's what it was, but they were kind of like, it can't be that simple, right? No one would mix Dijon mustard with mayonnaise. What a freaking weird combo. So anyway, so McCaffrey, Eckler, Barkley, Henry, and Robinson. Obviously, most of us ranked McCaffrey at one. Everyone ranked Eckler at two. But the question I want to pose to the group is, do you have any regrets about Saquon Barkley? Would you move him further down than you had him now that we know what we know? Because this was all registered in advance of the uh, the, the the kind of uh, fallout of their, their contract negotiations going nowhere. Let's start with Cinch there. And don't have to reveal where you had him, but just thinking in your head where you had him, are you moving him down now that he could potentially hold out? I would keep him right where he is because I really, I don't think any running back right now with the, the state of the NFL and the decline of importance of running backs, I don't think any of them could be that dumb to not sign when the time comes. I think he'll come back to the Giants two weeks into camp, three weeks into camp. And I think he'll play as much as he would normally have played. Okay. Craig. Uh, I don't think so. Only because he, it actually might make me put him lower because he actually said, it looks like he said, holding out might be the way to prove your worth. That's not an exact quote, but that's, you know what he meant. So who knows if he's even going to play this year? Is it well, worth the risk to me? Nah, I don't know. I don't think so. Before I throw it to Sean, let me just point out that if not actually playing the game increases your work that that worth, then I'm worth more than the Powerball tonight because I've never <laughs> run a single goddamn down in the NFL, so I must be fucking priceless. <laughs> Sean, Saquon, you okay with him at three, or are you moving him down? 
I mean, I agree with Cinch. I don't think there's there's any way that just look at the past. Le'Veon Bell, yeah, he got paid afterward, but he was a shell of himself. Yeah, but people don't you look know, at people Melvin don't look Gordon. at history. <laughs> Melvin Gordon, he tried to hold out. Yeah, he came in at the last mm-hmm. minute because you know what? It just it's not there. There's not take what you can get, go on, try to get your next, you know, the the next year. I mean, unfortunately, you know, I know, you know, running back is a volatile position, but unfortunately that's the way the NFL is right now. And I think he's going to see that he doesn't really have any kind of leverage to tell you the truth. I mean, look who's else, look who's out there. Dalvin cook. They could say, okay, fine. Hold up. Dalvin cook. Oh, here, come on. Leonard Fournette. Oh, come on. I mean, granted, none of them are as good as him, but mm-hmm. they'll, they'll work with what they can get for cheaper. I just want to point out that hold on, take what you can get and move on to next year was exactly what one, my wife said to me during our wedding. <laughs> so just, just put, it was in the wedding vows, just so you know. So, so. so to say, yeah, I mean, it's going to make me not want to pick him. I mean, he would still be third if he comes in, but I don't, I don't, I, do I want the hassle? I might skip over him. That's and, exactly and, it. He drops five spots on my list. Easy. Five <laughs> spots. He drops, he's behind Henry. He's behind Robinson and he's behind the next couple of names. We're going to discuss in a second. Saquon so. would be giving up 10.9 million. If he sat out the season, mm-hmm. you never get that money back. No one no. is going to give him Wait. a big deal. And he thinks he's worth more than that, so... Yeah, exactly. What is reality and what he thinks are different things. And what we call that is Antonio Brown syndrome. Antonio Brown still thinks he can play. Antonio Brown also thinks he has a contract to do commentary at ESPN. So, and again, we always have to remember these guys who have been raised this way have people in their ears who are thinking about the next deal, not this one. The next deal and the next deal and the next deal. And they don't seem to have an understanding that, you know, time is limited. I mean, since you've always been. Yeah, time is. Since just said for um, ever, never give a running back a second deal. And and that's something he said forever. And Saquon's learned that the hard way that the Giants have watched him get injured. Like, yeah, but he had a great bounce back here. That's very true, but he got injured. And the Giants have not forgotten that he went to Penn State. (laughs) <laughs> which is a problem. Yes. So the other question I have for the group is Bijan Robinson. Two of you guys had him in the top six. Two of us did not. I just want to hear, and without revealing where you put them on the list, are you high on Bijan Robinson and why? Because I passed over him today in the Scott Fishbowl draft and took Jonathan Taylor instead. And I kind of want to hear other people's thoughts on it. Let's start with Craig on this one. Craig, Bijan Robinson, yay or nay, and why? Um, Nay for right now, because the Falcons, to me, the Falcons are a lost team, and I feel like they're going to be playing from behind a lot, and that's not good for a running. Okay. Sean, your thoughts on Bijan Robinson? Um, great talent. Uh, I think that's going to come through. I don't think, I don't think the, <laughs> I don't think even if they're down, that they're going to have much choice other than to run the ball to uh, try to keep it close. And um, I, I, their offensive line isn't that bad. So, you know, they're going to force that, that ball into him. I mean, who they, they're going to have Ritter throwing. And yes, I know uh, Drake and, 
you know, uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, he's supposed to be so great, but hasn't shown it so far. But uh, even, you know, have Ritter throwing to him. So you got to you gotta force it to Robinson. So I can see him just getting so much volume that he's good. Cinch. Well, here's my problem with w- ranking running backs. All right, so the top 10 that we rank, is that who we think will be the top 10 highest rated at the end of the season? Because I don't think it's going to be that way. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you can't, for instance, you can't not rank McCaffrey in the top couple of running backs. Right. But if you were to ask me, is he going to finish in the top 10, I'll tell you right now, no, I don't think he will. Because the, the Shanahan has never had a 1,000-yard rusher. He runs these guys into the ground. And once uh, McCaffrey got to San Francisco last year, when Elijah, Elijah Mitchell was healthy, he had all the runs and McCaffrey didn't. So I think he's just going to get hurt and he's going to be a middle-of-the-pack guy. So like Sean said, we're talking about... Um, Help me with his name. I forgot. John. (laughs) Thank you. We're talking about him being in Atlanta where the head coach has already showed that he does not know how to call an offense that will throw the ball. So I think he's going to be the number one guy running it. And I think he's a third down back that he's going to be catching it. So I think that he would be a guy that wherever he would be in your top 10, I think he's a guy that will finish the season in the top 10. All right. So, you brought up an interesting point. The Kyle Shanahan offense has never generated a thousand yard rusher. That ends this year, I think, because Christian McCaffrey is in San Francisco. Quick And they really have a quarterback. Quick off the top of your head. Who was the last person to rush for a thousand yards as a 49er? Cinch. Uh, Too um... late. C- Craig. Uh wrong. Uh, Sean. Debo Samuel. <laughs> Frank Gore. Frank Gore is the correct answer. Hey, nice guess. Good job, Sean. Frank Gore is the correct answer. I, I still every year use Frank Gore in a DFS lineup, even though DraftKings tell me I'm ineligible to use him. I still try to put him <laughs> into a lineup with Blake Bortles every year. I'm not gonna do the voice. Don't worry, Deb, it's fine. Damn it. Two thousand five was the last time the San Francisco 49ers had a single guy who rushed for a thousand yards. Wow. That's disgusting. I just looked it up on two different sites because I could not believe it's been over 15 years since they've had a thousand-yard rusher. It was Frank Gore. I mean, does it get better than Frank Gore? The only thing that gets better than Frank Gore is Blake Bortles, and I'm still not going to do the voice. (laughs) You know the the crazy thing about that question? The 49ers have been a good team. It's not like they're... winning three games a season. I was just going to say that. They've been in two Super Bowls since that happened. Two! Uh, It's really odd. Who do they play? They play the Chiefs and who else? Um, They've been in a Super Bowl since that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's only one, but they have been to a Super Bowl without a thousand-yard rusher. That was the year that that everybody and their mother got hurt, remember? I'm trying to... Oh, God. Who's that guy? They went through like three running backs that year. Oh yeah, that's they had Moster and Moster was one of them. Uh, I think Elijah wasn't Elijah Mitchell. No, yeah, was Mitchell. It? it was I think Mitchell was Frank Gore still there or did he yeah. leave? I think I'm, he was. You know, a, I'm gonna look I this think up he was a fly. Jet. I think he was a Jet at that point. All right, that was 2020. 
But again, it just goes to show you what what the they're thinking. You don't need a running back. Why pay him? Listen, all yeah. I know is they need to bring back the fullback position so running backs can last longer. Just saying. Totally. Okay, hold on a second. What's their uh, What's their fullback that's on the team now? Well, and Jus- he runs the ball. Jushanik, Jusisic, something uh, like. What Sean said. There you go. That's what a football name. That is a f- pure hundred percent football name. <laughs> you use check. Use check. Here we go. I'm trying, I'm trying to find a list of their by stats and teams. I'm going to Pro Football Reference now. <laughs> trying to find this. Why is this hard to find? I can find a list of people who are on the roster, but it doesn't tell me who played. Uh, uh, why is this hard? Right. So the next one's on our running back list. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's go there and I'll look this up. So going into six through ten. Uh, so number six is Jonathan Taylor. I am big on Jonathan Taylor this year, and that's only because I drafted him in Scott Fishbowl. Number seven is Josh Jacobs, another holdout candidate, but we didn't know that at the time. Number eight is Tony Pollard from Dallas. Can he fill the shoes of Zach? Uh, Zeke? Zach. Wow. 8.5%. Holdout, even though he didn't get a contract. But he signed. He signed the one year. Yeah. He signed his uh, tag. Yep. Yep. Nick Chubb comes in at number nine. And number 10 is our good personal friend, Ramondre Stevenson. So my question, and I'm going to encourage debate on this. Taylor, Jacobs, Pollard, Chubb. You don't want to spend up for one of the big guys, or you got a big guy in round one. Who are you targeting in round two? I don't remember where we are in starting. So, uh, Sean, Sean, who you got? Yeah, this one's easy for me. Um, um, I mean, I, I have questions about Taylor just because of the, um, you know, rookie quarterback. He, when they were stacking the box last year, he didn't do well. He got hurt. You know, and they were like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's great. He's young. He's not going to, he's not injury prone. I draft him number one last year. And what happens? He gets hurt. So the next guy I'm going to kill off, I guess, is uh, Nick Chubb. <laughs> he's the guy that I want. So Sean says Nick Chubb. Cinch. Uh, let me run the list down. It's Taylor, Jacobs, Pollard, Chubb, or Stevenson? Well, I'll take Stevenson, not only because he's a Patriot and I'm a Patriot fan, but all of his numbers. Everything that he did well last year, everything that you look up and you see right now, just keep in mind that his offensive coordinator was a defensive coordinator last year. Mm-hmm. Patricia. So, so, so I mean, everything's got to be better with an offensive coordinator calling the plays. So, wait, you're not worried about the new uh, rumor or the Vegas odds now that, that Dalvin Cook's going to be a Patriot? That I'm not definitely... worried because he's not going to be a Patriot. Which the is going to actually. The Patriots actually worked out two people today. Was it Fournette and somebody else? It was Fournette and someone. I don't know who the other person is. I'm drawing a blank. I just read it like uh, right before I'll take came someone. <laughs> you know Fournette, Fournette? And, or someone. So, all right. So, uh, that was Cinch. Craig, your thoughts? <clears throat> uh, well, my first option would be Jacobs if he winds up playing. Uh, if not, because I've been a I've been a Tony Pollard truther you for really like have. last two or three seasons, so this, I would probably go on with season him. three. This is three. season three of Craig <laughs> sitting there going, stop drafting Zeke. Tony Pollard is where it's at. <laughs> so, so yeah, but it really depends on what Jacobs does, because he hasn't signed, and there's a chance he doesn't play this year, so 
Yeah. This is a very tight competition for me. I actually like Nick Chubb better than everybody here, but I couldn't get him, so I went with Jonathan Taylor. I, 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 if Jacobs plays, he's going to be impactful. I'm not confident he's going to play. If Pollard can stay healthy and a pass-first offense, it's going to be good. I will never, ever in my life trust another New England running back, ever, <laughs> as long as Bill Belichick is there. Which, as a quick aside, we won't the discuss last... it. Sorry, go ahead. I, I just heard a voice from the beyond. Speak to me, spirit. <laughs> I said the last Patriot one you could trust was Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon. I knew you were going to say that, Dylan, jerk. Corey Dillon. I knew it. You know what? I'm James leaving. White was a solid fantasy <laughs> running back. Yeah. Solid, but I didn't trust him. I didn't yeah, trust well, him. That's, that's their offense. That's, that's it. Belichick. I'm deleting Listen. this podcast. That's it. Listen, when I, <laughs> when, when, when I go on vacation, I'm handing the keys to Corey Dillon. I'm not handing the keys to James White. Just saying that. Feed my cat. I come back, James White, my cat's dead. Corey Dillon keeps my cat alive. So. Wow, that's that's harsh. <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling you how I feel. Why, on this why do you think James White would kill your cat? I just, I'm just telling you, Corey <laughs> Dillon's heart is in my cat's health. James White's is not. <laughs> By the way, I did find the 2020 rushing yards for San Francisco. San Francisco had significant contributions from Jeff Wilson, oh. Raheem Mostert, Jarek McKinnon, and Jamichael Hasty. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right about him. The best of the best. Everyone got hurt. No one played everyone more than 12 in, games. Literally everyone in San Francisco got hurt last year. Well, this is 2020. Oh, 2020. This is the year sorry. that the Chiefs, right. that they beat, they lost to the Chiefs. I'm sorry, Jack McKinnon was available for all 16 games, but he only appeared in like seven because he was like fourth <laughs> down on the list. And then, okay. So, Who, yeah. Right, so, by the way, was in the top 10 of week 10 through 17 of average points per uh, week for running backs l- last year. Jarek McKinnon, number seven, I think he was. Okay. <laughs> Wait, was he, he wasn't a chief last year, was he? Yes. Jarek yeah, he McKinnon. was. Week seven through ten, that was when we had... Oh, no, that's no. when we had the... Ident- Say it again, Spirit. Ten through seventeen. Okay, that was when Pacheco was starting to emerge. 16.9 points per week PPR. Yeah, but that's because we throw to him all the God to every week. It's five yards rushing and eight catches for 70 yards. That's every week for Jarek McKinnon on the Chiefs. Hey. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's predictable. It's not, they use him as a like extra receiver, but the Chiefs use everybody's an extra receiver. So, all right. I want to talk about number 11 by himself because number Wait. 11 Hold is on. our. Let, let me jump in real quick before we move past this group. Go ahead. The one knock I have against Jonathan Taylor, his quarterback, Richardson, the rookie, mm-hmm. if he is the player that I've heard him described as being, which is another Cam Newton type, anytime they're inside the five-yard line, he's going to run it in. He's not going to give it to Taylor. So I think Taylor could take a hit in touchdowns if the quarterback's running it in. See, I don't think that the, the I don't think the coaching staff is going to trust him to do that, and I also don't think the coaching staff is going to tolerate if he decides to start calling audibles on runs inside the five. So I I, I think was, I you're right. That's his history. I think we're going to see a little less of it this year. If that's the case, the Colts are in trouble because if he's out there to throw the ball, they're not going to win. I don't think they're out there to throw the ball. That's why I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a valuable asset. My concern with Taylor isn't the quarterback; it's his health. He's got to stay on the field, and that's my primary. He's top three 
If I'm con- if I'm confident he's healthy, he's top three. But he's not, I'm not confident he's healthy, so he's not. All right, number 11, we have Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was on this list in the top four last year. By all accounts, aside from the fact that he might go to jail eventually, he's in good position. Why do we have him ranked so low? We have him at 11 overall, and we're all relatively close in our rankings on this one. I want to start with Cinch. What is your concern with Joe Mixon? Are you off the train? I've never been on that train, and I've laughed at you guys for being on the train. Oh, it's lovely, though, the sights. (laughs) My question is, was Joe Mixon ever good in the NFL? Because if you look up his numbers, I'm not saying he's bad, but he was never a really good fantasy running back. He's too inconsistent. You get good, really good games, and then you get games where it's like, well, I mean, that was all right. It's nothing special. I, I think... You're asking the wrong question. Why is he so low? I'm asking, why is he so high? Craig? Well, I mean, no, Cecil, he's been playing for what? His rookie year was 2017, and he's rushed for over 1,000 yards three times. But 1,000 yards in 17 games now is that even with 16 games, 1,000 yards isn't what it used to be when they played 14. Right, more the twenty like, like their Super Bowl yards. year was the Super Bowl year was his best year, thirteen um, touchdowns. Yeah, but I mean, he had you know my problem is like he he's had ankle issues, and then there's the you know the whole off field thing. So that's why me personally, I've dropped him down a little bit. So I don't. And at the time when we did these rankings, like he didn't sign yet either, so I didn't know what was going to happen there. I didn't even know if he was going to be a Bengal. Uh, but he has signed a longer-term contract, so he will be a Bengal for a while, pending uh, legal charges. Three years, right? <laughs> I believe it was three years. Three years? I think so. Yeah, but three in years. the NFL, that doesn't mean anything. True. Yeah, it's, I mean, today's t- the only guaranteed money is guaranteed money. I mean, we've heard that before. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I look at his stats, and, and Cinch is like, why? I don't know. Maybe for the... 153 yards and four touchdowns he puts up against Carolina. Maybe for the, uh, you know, 60 yards and a touchdown he puts up against Miami. Um, I, I mean, he's not terrible. 96 yards and then receiving touchdown he puts up against Cleveland. The guy has flashes of brilliance, and he's not a bad RB2. While I'm no longer on the train, I don't dislike the guy at all. My concern with him is his legal issues. He's only 26. Yeah, and running back life, he has another four years. It's like dog years. Exactly. It's like last dog years. year, he went twenty points or more twice. Now twenty points is a really it's a really good game. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy. My running back gives me twenty. He only did it twice. So okay. fantasy wise, what do you, what do you want your running back to average? Well, like, what he is didn't a average good... twenty? But I mean, right. Well, I'm just I saying in general. Get... What do you want out of your running back? average per week i would say if i could get 15 or more as you know as an average mm-hmm. yeah i don't see i think of running backs differently than a lot of people do i think it's kind of a wasted position i like going with zero running back theory when i do my drafting because the guys that you rank in the top 10 three four of them are going to get hurt and miss significant time during the season 
It's just a, a position that they get beaten up by. So, okay. so I, I'm happier you... taking the guys between 11 and 20 than I am 1 through 10. Interesting. So you said you like the guy, the, you want him to score 15 points or more? Mixon scored 15.9. One, one, weeks 1 through 17 last year. But, but to Cinch's point, don't forget that week 9 game against uh, Carolina – he scored 153 yards and four of his seven touchdowns. Again, think about that. I'm not, Five I points. disagree with Cinch here, but literally half his touchdowns, more than half his touchdowns came in one game last year. One game. And the problem is, and this is why I'll disagree with Cinch. Cinch is not wrong, but I'm going to disagree with him on Mixon because when you have a running back and a pass first offense, and there are five or six really good offenses out there that we always know. There's no shock when they pass on first down. And since he's one of them, we can't expect the 15 points out of him, but we can expect consistent production. And that's where I like it. Sean, I I, I cut you off there. What are your thoughts on Joe Mixon? I mean, he's, he's a back end RB one. You, you were saying, you know, you like him as RB two, but his production is that back end is a low end, uh, especially in a 12 man league, which most, leagues are uh he's he's a uh he's an rb1 and you can't you can't knock that he, he he's gonna be there i mean is he worth the price you pay in a draft i don't know maybe not uh maybe that maybe that that's why you you hold off on him and don't take him like cinch does you know but um he is he does produce rb1 numbers so yeah all right, we gotta move if, on. You know, if you if you just minus the fifty-two points that Mixon had in that one game, yeah. his you, average that, is gonna drop a lot. That's almost anybody though. You you knock off someone's high game. <laughs> All right, you're right. Well, but you know what? <laughs> statistical statistical law says if you eliminate the lowest, you gotta eliminate the highest. So what happens and I'm not asking us to do this on the fly, but what would happen if we took off his best game and his worst game? Statistical consistency does happen when you eliminate outliers, right? And if that 50-point game is an outlier, which is what Cinch's point is, then, you know, so when you're dealing with these kinds of things, if the best game and the worst game offset against the mean or the average, then it's it's a statistically, like, balanced pool. In this case, if he averaged 15 points, that would mean that his average wouldn't be able to drop more than a point or two after losing a 52-point performance. I don't see that that could happen even if we dropped a zero off the end. You know what I mean? 1.2, by the way. Say again? 1.2 was his low. Okay, so we're saying that a 52-point high is offset by a 1.2 low with an average of 15 points. That's not statistically sound. Cinch's point there is pretty valid, so I, I can see that. Not that I'm, I, I'm not on the train, but I watch the train. I like to watch it go by. <laughs> you, wave it, you wave as it goes by. I wave at it. I take my hat off and I wave it back and forth. Some, Hope it blows the whistle when it goes by. Right. Sometimes I get a pocket watch out and I stand on the on the platform and I take it out. And a, a 1206 is running late today. I'm that kind of guy. Who Sorry. is the other running back in Cincy now? I thought I was. Um, um, it's They drafted one and the other one is Williams. Trayvon Williams. Okay. Is it Chris Brown? Something like that? Yeah, they got him in the fourth or fifth round. It was yeah. uh, it's Chris Chris Brown? Could be a good a sleeper. 
Yes. No. <laughs> Chris Brown, the rapper? I don't trust that guy. All right, we're going to move on. Number 12 on our list is Travis Etienne, a guy I'm really high on personally. 13 is Aaron Jones, how the mighty have fallen. Number 14 is Brees Hall. Number 15 is some guy named Najee Harris. Not sure I've ever heard of this guy. Uh, and uh, what's that? That's 15. Or 16 is Alexander Madison. Put your fist in the air and hear <laughs> Hamilton in your head. So I, I, I opened up the round with Mixon. So we're going to just skip Mixon in this kind of conversation. I feel like there's a real mix here between ATN, Aaron Jones, Hall, Harris, and Madison of guys who have real strong potential. I either love or hate everybody in this grouping. So I want to just go around the room really quick. Give me one name out of that group you love and one you hate. So we'll start with Craig. Etienne, Jones, Hall, Harris, Madison. One you love, one you hate. Go. Uh, the one I love is Madison. He's he's taking over the running show for, uh, for the Vikings. Uh, as we all know, Dalvin Cook has been injured several times while he was there. So he, I think he's proved that he can be the main running back there. Uh, the one I hate is Harris, and not because he's a Steeler. It's just I don't think yeah, they, uh -huh. really, they really like him. No one believes and, that, Craig. Well, all right, fine. Um, <laughs> they don't, from what happened last season, I don't think they really know what to do with him at all. Um, and I said that last year, and I don't think that's going to change. Sean, in 50 words or less. <laughs> uh, the one I hate it's close. I hate Aaron Jones. I've had him for years on in uh, our keeper league because he's so good, but then he's so bad. It's, it's, <clears> the Packers don't like him either. <laughs> it's so he's also yeah he's so inconsistent. It's one week it's thirty, next week it's five. So it, it's I it's frustrating. Uh, Reese Hall, I don't like at all. I I just don't trust that he's no, going to be no healthy. no 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 stop stop. You get one hate and one love. You hate Aaron Jones. Move on. Uh-huh. Uh, since he already went with Madison as a love, I'll go with what he hated in Najee Harris. Ooh. Uh, the Steelers have improved their offensive line. It's ranked in the top 10 this year. Um, also, uh, that, that, that whole thing that I was going with uh, from week 10 to week 17 last year, he was the ninth best running back in average per week of points with over 15. You're almost so out of I like him in that, in that grouping. <laughs> okay, good. Cinch, what do you got? I love Travis Etienne. I think he, he is a home run hitter that you're going to get a lot of rushes for no gain or one yard, but then he's going to break one for 80 for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So that's the guy I love. God, it's Jamal Charles all over again. I don't think Najee Harris is a good player. Just that simple. I don't think their offensive line is anything special. I don't think he's a good player. And watch out for Alexander Madison. He's never had to hold up for 17 games being the lead guy, and mm -hmm. I worry that he's going to break down. I, I agree with that. Madison's hit or miss. I'm going to agree with, with Cinch. ATN is the guy on this list I absolutely love. The name I hate, though, Brees Hall. Listen... There, there's talk about, oh, God, why am I drawing a blank on his name? The guy who's the backup that was there the year before in the Jets. Michael Carter? Thank you, Carter. Michael Carter. There is talk that Michael Carter is way healthier than he was last year. 
that he's been working with the coaching staff. And listen, if Brees Hall were the answer, they would not be talking to Dalvin Cook. The end. I know Dalvin Cook's an amazing player. Yes, he is. But you would not bring a player in this late in the game after mini camps and after OTAs if you thought Brees Hall was the answer. They're not sure about Brees Hall. I'm convinced of it that they are not sure about Brees Hall. So I am way fading Brees Hall. I will admit right now that I am the lowest of all of us on Brees Hall. So, all right, we got to fly through these last few so we can get to have some time for, for final thoughts. So after Madison at 16, we round out the top 20 with Miles Sanders at 17. J.K. Dobbins at 18. Blame Craig. Uh, 19 is <laughs> Kenny Walker. Who is this guy? <laughs> he's, a, he's the rookie from last year. He's the rookie from Seattle. Oh, that's right. Texas Ranger. Uh, and uh, he's number 19. Number 20 is Damian Pierce. Uh, rounding out our top 25, we have Jameer Gibbs. James Conner, who I wasn't even sure was still in the league. 22 is, uh, sorry, 23 is Dalvin Cook. 24 is David Montgomery, who is an old personal friend of mine. And 25 is Rashad White. So that rounds out our top 25 for our rankings, which leaves us just enough time to yell at each other about running backs for our final thoughts. Let's go right around the horn and start with Cinch. What is your final thought on running backs for this year? My final thought is this. Like I said, I'm not the guy drafting McCaffrey with my first pick or whoever in the first round. I usually let that go, and I'll take my first running back maybe in round five. The thought that I have is I like to get the guy who you know the offense is throwing the ball to him. So I think Jameer Gibbs is a good player for that. Uh, check out his ADP for the, the draft that you're in. But he seems to be a guy that they want to throw it to often. So that's how I look at the running back position. Excellent. Craig, final thoughts on running backs? Uh, final thoughts on running backs? I agree with Cinch. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the NFL is changing, and it's not really running back heavy as much anymore. Um, so I, again, probably look at receivers first, especially if you're getting PPR points. Great. Go on. I agree mostly with them, but I'm kind of the almost running back zero theory where it's one really good running back and then you can wait on them for a long while. Uh, so that's the way I would go. And uh, always check out like the offensive line, like how they're, you know, what they're expected to do, how, what they're ranked, because that will definitely help out with um, trying to decide between some guys like uh, Detroit, Minnesota, Denver, and Green Bay really have easy schedules and good offensive lines this year. And, and to Cinch's point, you want to hear something funny? I'm in a Scott Fishbowl uh, mirror draft. Me and too. Jameer, Jameer Gibbs just went. And Jameer Gibbs went ahead of Bryce Hall and Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. That's so a mistake. There, there are, but there are people out there who are are absolutely online with Cinch there. Yeah, actually, so. and mine too. He went before uh, Harris, Hall, Harris, and Walker, and Etienne. Yeah, all all those people over drafting rookies is a mistake. I'm telling you, it's a best ball though. It's still it's over drafting. Wow, Sean with the harsh words. <laughs> Did you hear that, Joe Rod eight? <laughs> Sean just said you drafted like a fool. Montgomery, <laughs> a lot bigger role than what some people think. 
You're done, Joe Rodney. Sean has ended your season. <laughs> All right, so my final thought is I want to pull the audience because I'm going to be up on the clock in one pick in this Scott Fishbowl draft. And Brees Hall, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Kenny Walker are all still on the clock, are still on the board. Which one am I taking? Hall, Harris, Etienne, or Walker? I, I think I know the answer to this question already, but Cinch. Etienne. Etienne. Craig. Walker. Sean. Uh, not Hall. Um, oh, Jesus. Everybody else gives a one-word go, answer. You know what? I'm going to make your life <laughs> difficult. Harris. Oh, wow. What a jerk. I'm going to take ATN if he's there. Of course you are. I heard you do that. If you knew it, why did you provoke? Why did you poke the bear? <laughs> don't, don't poke the producer. But what you should poke is the button that leaves us a review. Whatever podcast directory you found us on, go and leave us a review. It's a tremendous help to us. I want to thank our, our contributors, Sean and Cinch. We are a third of the way through draft coverage. Next week is wide receivers, which is an even more in-depth slog than running back. I hope we get through at least the top 10. <laughs> uh, we, will, we will definitely have that conversation. And then our, our, our absolutely, our best episode of the year, the tight end kicker defense right. spectacular. <laughs> and then two draft roundtables to round it out. Uh, also, if you'd like to get in contact with us, the easiest way to do it is through email, which is fignutsdfs at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, we are still there. Uh, we are at fignutsdfs. We are also on threads now at fignutsdfs. And uh, you can always find us on Facebook. We are the Football Fignuts Podcast. So once again, thank our contributors. Uh, thank you, Cinch. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Britt. Thank you for having us. Yeah, that's the part, Sean, where you say, hey, thanks. It's great to be here. Thank you. Since jumped right on it, Sean. You're welcome. Yeah, there you You're go. You're welcome so. to have me here. <laughs> You're welcome for my presence. <laughs> okay, so uh, Cinch, Craig, and I will be back next year, next week. And his <laughs> wow. majesty might be, uh, might, be, might be taking the week off there. But uh, uh, again, so until we meet next, let's go right down the line. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. You guys go. I'm done. I'm cinch. Did he just say I'm done? (laughs) He might have. He said several beers. On behalf of Cinch Craig and his Lord Majesty Sean of Stratford, thank you all for joining us. We will see you next week. Hi, Deb. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.